Hello everyone and welcome to Tech Majlis. This is a project that I wanted to start long ago. I'm very happy to be starting my first episode today focused on data engineering. Tech Majlis is um, all about tech-related topics. The idea is that I'd love to be hosting different leaders from the tech industry. Today I have a very special guest, someone that I had the pleasure to work with. He's one of the best data engineering leaders that I had the honor and the pleasure to work with in my previous career. He comes from a very long journey of working in big companies in the States and also here in the region. I'd love to welcome Giant Sanawni. Welcome to Tech Majlis. Hello, Elal. It's very exciting and really feel really honored uh, that you have invited me to the first episode of Tech Majlis. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting session today. And I'm happy to talk about more on data engineering, its applications, and how it specifically applies on artificial intelligence. Yep, it's a, it's a pleasure to be having you today. Actually, very interesting coincidence that uh, my first episode, I'm hosting a data engineering leader. And uh, the fact that I came up with the name Tech Majlis from ChatGPT. So I've been looking for uh, a name that combines both technology and, uh, you know, um, something that represents the, the flavor or the culture of the MENA region. So I've uh, been using ChatGPT and uh, it suggested different names. I really like Tech Majlis. And uh, in the first episode, I'm having someone who's a data engineering expert. So tell me about how do you see, uh, you know, data engineering in the age of AI today? Yes. So firstly, the, uh, the thing you mentioned on uh, ChatGPT, so it's so great, right? I mean, it has created uh, that kind of, you know, thunder or it's had outboasted the uh, AI world and the AI has really come to the power of a common man. It's in the hands of a common man now. And it comes with so relevant name. I mean, Tech Majlis itself, it's so connecting, right, to the people and uh, to the region. So data engineering in this AI and even for the product like ChatGPT, it's so important. And a product like ChatGPT can give this relevant suggestions because it's trained on high quality data, right? You cannot uh, uh, expect anything from AI to give uh, good results if you are giving them some bad quality data, uh, some substandard data sets and expect it to perform. It's all because it's the the data preparation life cycle that goes on uh, in the background uh, that comes to play and that affects in what kind of uh, predictions or outputs a particular AI or ML model will produce. So tell me from, from a data engineering lens, how do you see uh, the challenges of building an infrastructure for like such large scale and, and meaningful uh, tools like ChatGPT or you know similar ones how do you see it from the lens of a data engineer? Yes, the first very, uh, you can say, burning pain point becomes for a data engineer is access to good quality data. The data in its raw form, uh, even for uh, trained model, highly trained model like ChatGPT, the data collection, right, is very important for any data engineer. So that data collection lifecycle, data acquisition uh, is the first step uh, towards doing any data engineering work. And with that, the subject matter expertise. A data engineer should also understand what the data represents. Uh, because if, it, if you don't have that kind of context, uh, 
then any of the process it's not going to work the project is <laughs> will have follow the path of failure so to once you have that data you should also have the context uh, and you should have a sizable amount of data uh, with you so that uh, you can apply all the processes of cleaning transformations uh, which are very crucial uh, for uh, for training a good ai model so this so from the infrastructure standpoint for data engineer it first starts with uh, definitely acquisition and collection part and the second thing is validating the data sets and then once that validation is done providing that high quality data to the data scientists or the downstream uh, stakeholders who are actually working uh, towards deriving the insights uh, from those data and it can be later on to train ai models or do any uh, business decision making or business intelligence work so uh, jayant you someone who comes from um, a very rich career journey um, i want you to tell me about how data engineering contributes to solving uh, real world problems for businesses think of things like churn prediction yeah so that's very interesting problem that you have mentioned uh, churn prediction it's what in uh, basic definition it is that what is the likelihood of any particular customer uh, to come back maybe if it's in case of amazon to buy any product if it's kind of trading company uh, then it maybe if he if it's going to place uh, the next trade or not so it becomes very important for any business uh, to take uh, to assess this uh, kind of situation to have the model trained uh, on the high very high quality data and it helps then the specific businesses uh, to take decisions based on they might want to do a number of things the customer segmentation uh, they might want to segment customers into uh, who are your most loyal customers who are dormant customers who are frequent customers right and and the people who are out to be churned are mostly the dormant ones then they might want to launch uh, specific campaigns uh if it's in case of amazon that might they might want to give such users specific uh, kind of discounts on products so that they are able to bring back uh, the customers into their mainstream and then from our example right at kafu itself right uh, who's a fuel delivering company and while i was being there this thing was very big i mean for the customers who who we want to retain right what is the what are the repeat uh, repeat order rate and if the customer is not uh, ordered probably last 2 to 3 months then it becomes very important to how that we can uh, bring the customer back to the mainstream to do this kind of activities to churn prediction models uh, they play a very huge role and important role for any business and not only this right so there are other practical examples uh, so currently i'm working at uh, tarabut gateway and it's a fintech and it's kind of bringing revolution uh, into the mina region for open banking and open finance and we have a good uh, like data science team and we get uh, plenty of data uh, transactional data and those transactional data are messy right we need to do a lot of natural language processing on it so simple example like when you see your bank statements so and you in a particular month any uh, person normal person would do hundreds of transactions right it can be at a shopping mall it can be at any restaurant uh, or it can be 
CPO transfers. Uh, so these are all transactions that are recorded in your statement. And when you look at your statement, you want to make sense of it. You are really not able to because it's such big strings, right? Probably you might also wonder, oh, might be wondering, did I really spend on some XYZ transaction? Is it like fraudulent one? Uh, that this typical things come to our mind. So the company is really like exactly solving this kind of problems. So they really want to uh, identify the clear merchant name from the transaction, what was its category, uh, when was it spent. So this kind of things, if you want to do this uh, foundational work, transformational work, uh, you need to have access to that kind of data and the work of data science like NLP models, uh, there are a lot of ML models who uh, uh, can be trained so that they can extract this merchant categories, uh, merchant names from the uh, transaction itself and give you a clean description of every transaction. And the usage of it, it's of for the end users, right? They then have to wonder of where did I spend my money? And then it helps them to do personal uh, finance management. Uh, they can clearly see where I'm spending the most. So this basic thing is clearly not available today. I mean, even if someone is doing it's very early stages. So it's going to be very foundational for the re work for the region. And this, all this th thing is possible uh, when you have good data engineering practices and when you really use ML to do really uh, groundbreaking work and foundational work. Yeah, you actually mentioned two beautiful examples at Cathwan Trabut Gateway. Now, tell me, what does it take to build um, such a mature data engineering infrastructure from both yeah. like resources and uh, tooling point of view? Yes. So, for any level, uh, it depends on how when you're, where you are at uh, the level of your businesses. So my experience, right, uh, mm -hmm. in the past few years, it has been to early stage to mid-sized companies, so startups. Uh, and the main problem that comes uh, through here is the uh, hiring people with right resources. Uh, so to set up a very good infrastructure, you need uh, good people in your team, right? And finding that is uh, very difficult. And MENA, for specifically for the MENA region, since um, uh, it's, uh, the number of uh, tech people, they are growing, right? They are growing day by day, but still there is uh, a short of demand and supply, and especially in the uh, data world. So for that, the company uh, should really focus uh, right from the beginning that what kind of decisions they want to make. They have to do the foundational work ready so they know that where which kind of resources they want to bring in and especially the data engineer is the most common one. And then uh, giving that data engineer a very crystal clear path to what the company wants to do with the data, what kind of decisions they want to make. Then that uh, data engineer can go and assess the data sources uh, have the basic understanding of the data, talk to different teams, get the uh, subject matter expertise, uh, and then you start building on it. And there are a number of uh, things where you, you can do for building uh, the data infrastructure. Uh, since the region is really becoming, uh, adopting the strategy of cloud-first uh, approach, and there are a number of cloud vendors that have come to the uh, region now. Recently, in UAE, we have AWS. Uh, we have Microsoft Azure, uh, even in other parts of the MENA world, uh, in KSA, we have OCI, even my, uh, Microsoft uh, is there now. So when this cloud adoption is increasing, 
so it brings a lot of good services with it they have a lot of managed services uh, in, you know, for uh, data collection then data storage uh, then for data querying uh, which are you know it's kind of serverless right following the serverless model so then if you are at very early stage of your business uh, then using this cloud platforms heavily and their services uh, it helps you uh, get your foot in the door and really have a good uh, setup in the beginning and start capital capitalizing on data and um, let's say today yeah. if i'm starting a business um, maybe not all startups or companies would have enough resources to build such a mature stack at the beginning what would be your advice as a subject matter expert in data engineering if i'm consulting you today uh, that i'm starting a business and i'd like to lay basic foundation yes. for data engineering and data analytics what would be your advice to me yes so the first thing is again as you being a business leader uh, you should be very clear what kind of data you are getting and what you want to do with at the end right it can be any decision making as we mentioned uh, you might want to build an ai solution for trend prediction uh, and if you are and depends right or it depends on the business uh, the person is working on and what are the burning problems uh, so you have to have that kind of very good idea on your top 3 to 4 use cases that you want to drive uh, from your data and what kind of decisions you want to make so once that path is clear uh, then definitely the resourcing uh, becomes crucial because then once you hire a particular resource you have a very clear pa pa uh, plan to uh, give it to him or her who is going to work on it um, and then you start with uh, the idea of doing pocs on those use cases that's the very uh, very you know uh, it is fast too and plus uh, it helps you to assess uh, the tooling right you can do research on multiple tools there are a lot of tools available for data sourcing data collection uh, then there are uh, and if you're using cloud then definitely uh, they have plenty of options then data storage is very important where are you going to store the data it has to be scalable if you're going to uh, if you're getting huge volumes of data and you want to store terabytes and petabytes of it then you really really need a very scalable storage solution so that is another aspect where in uh, you want to do multiple research on multiple tools and do pocs and then becomes comes the presentation layer that how you want to present the data right and it has to be in very human readable and easy format that anyone at the management level can make uh, sense from it so to build that kind of a semantic layer uh, is very important for the business leaders so to do all these activities so starting uh, with pocs is very important uh, for early stage uh, business so uh, because they don't have a lot of knowledge base on what will work so do as we do product market fit right so it's kind of the same thing uh, for the data engineering uh, to assess that what kind of uh, ecosystem will work uh, for you so that's uh, where in good start you mentioned the very interesting point on product market fit yeah today um, many 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 startups um in their uh, seek to reach product market fit they think of adopting low code and no code platforms yeah. just to get a product out of the door and then if it's successful they might keep you know using or adopting those no code and low code platforms from the lens of a data engineer how do you see the challenges working with low code and no code platforms 
Yeah, so this kind of platforms, uh, so they are very, I mean, they they have the basic things definitely inbuilt within them and it's good for rapid development because they provide in a lot of pre-built templates uh, for data preparation, right? As part of, if we are, we are talking about data engineering, the very uh, first uh, responsibility of any data engineering work is data preparation. So these platforms really help in this area, uh, but uh, problem comes when you reach scale, right? When you reach at a good volume of data, uh, then there are, at that point, uh, you will reach, start to see some typical issues. Uh, and this kind of platforms are provided by all cloud providers. AWS has uh, something called a proof, or then they have like SageMaker uh, and other uh, good to services they have included uh, in their bucket. Uh, wherein they promote this kind of uh, uh, promote this kind of tools a lot, and even there are a lot of tools coming up. Recently, I was going through Upsolver is one of the thing which is coming up in the states. Uh, so these tools help uh, definitely to structure. If you are early stage business, uh, then it helps you to get your foot in the door very uh, faster than uh, it would be than uh, self-hosting everything. Uh, it, it would do that, but as you reach some scale, then definitely uh, is wherein the actual data engineering work will start. Then you will need to start thinking of performance, uh, then you will have to really think of your data modeling, right? Uh, there's a lot of data modeling techniques, dimensional data modeling is there, uh, and then uh, a lot of architectural patterns are there in data engineering, like data lakes, data lake houses. Uh, so this kind of uh, adopting this kind of architectural styles uh, becomes important and then then this kind of platforms they will help you a bit but right data engineering as a whole is very big picture so it's not only uh, kind of coding or uh, writing some few python or scala scripts so it's much more than that it goes to how you effectively are going to store the data if your data is big, how uh, how you're going to performance tune so that the data retrieval is faster, how are you going to model the data, uh, so data privacy, data security, governance, discovery, right? There's so many things. So uh, these tools cannot do everything. It's not like one-stop solution or something. Uh, so that's why definitely uh, as an early stage startup uh, business, uh, it helps. But as you become mature, then you... Uh, get to work on variety of other use cases, and uh, yeah, the effect of those starts to diminish. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. So how how I see this from an architectural point of view is at some point of time, uh, those platforms might start hindering your uh, yeah. your growth. Hence, it becomes a technical debt. Now, how do you see technical debt as a data engineer? Yes. Uh, so in uh, specific to data engineering. So what I have seen is a lot of technical debt occurs towards the presentation layer. Uh, company tries to adopt, if there are several teams within several tribes, then every team is like using different visualization layer. One team might use Superset, other team might use Power BI, some other Tableau. And they are doing repetitive work. They are might 
do what have overlaps and probably uh, each one of them are going towards same metric let's suppose the very important metric for you uh, is the uh, if your e-commerce company e-commerce segment is what is your most uh, selling product or what is not your most selling product so this kind of things and there c- might be duplicates of duplicates across your organization in uh, getting to this metric and the worst part is that maybe different teams might be getting different numbers to play with right <laughs> and this happens because there is no strategy uh, you have adopted uh, for reusability so that's why at least for this part wherein it's very uh, prominent in the industry uh, to solve this uh, many people are working or companies towards a headless bi strategy uh, and what headless bi is nothing but having kind, kind of a layer wherein you can push your metrics to Yeah. and they can be reusable across your uh, stakeholders so with that what will happen is uh, you will reduce the number of tools that you, you will use you will have one standard uh, pattern of data loading and how uh, data transformations and how you present the data um, and with that you it will help you to reduce that deck but uh, but as organization become larger and you know, a lot of personal preferences kick in that creates this tech debt but um, Uh, but companies really should rethink on how they want to align uh, their stack uh, and give it a as i said i i i personally focus a lot of pos doing pos's in the beginning because it answers a lot of questions instead of just going there and using something and then uh, at the end we come to know it's not working out so that is also a tactic right uh, you pushed your resources time money everything and you are just uh, moving towards kind of a failed project to avoid that do those pocs uh, and then have a unified strategy right build your single source of kind of truth uh, which is reusable right is, uh, the concept of using reusable components across the organization uh, it help you to keep your tech debt at minimal yeah one of um, <coughs> one of the most interesting challenges that i can think of is um, when you're addressing let's say um, a legacy architecture um and you have your database architecture changing mm-hmm. and this is actually a challenge that that we had the pleasure to work on together yes um how do you see this from from a data engineering lens if yeah. your team um is working on you know changes yeah. on the database architecture which is changing your sources how do you see this um from the data engineering side so changing uh, any upstream change right so these are all upstream changes uh, you are referring to so as the uh, business is as you mentioned in the, in a past work uh, as the business matures uh, the na- the there's a data drift right that nature or of data keeps on changing so you need to understand that and plus if you are in a transactional system uh, simple example is schema evolutions right it's a typical problem and with this schema evolutions slowly steadily your architecture is also changing and you have a typical setup probably that is not capable of handling those uh, schema changes and then there's all sorts of failures and data drifts occur which affects finally your data quality and your ability to take decisions and trust on that data uh, so this architectural changes uh, so now there are kind of proven or techniques that are coming up wherein the data engineering teams can adopt so one of this technique uh, which i have implemented uh, currently at uh, tarabud gateway uh, to solve this particular problem 
uh, and to make downstream peop- consumers and stakeholders more independent of what's happening in the upstream is kind of creating a contract so in in the software world it can be ser- it's called as service level contracts or api contracts mm-hmm. and in the data world uh, it's called as data contracts so it's a contract kind of a between an upstream uh, teams that producers and the consumers of the data wherein you agree on certain set of data points that you might receive uh, from the upst- upstream and how then uh, and 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 uh, the consumers will uh, yeah, read those data uh, data points transform it and deliver it to your uh, stakeholders uh, but what important thing it uh, establishes here is that uh, you become more independent of uh, any kind of upstream architecture changes that might happen and it uh, helps or sh- it shields you from those uh, this kind of techniques and it helps to deliver also high quality data so it's a very interesting topic uh, data contracts using event driven architectures even can be applied to batch and uh, uh, batch loading but specifically used with uh, kind of streaming uh, streaming data because that's where a lot of problems occur uh, and you get to have uh, kind of a lot of bad data from upstream it's uh, to solve that it also solves kind of uh, garbage in garbage out uh, thing so if you don't apply any kind of constraints quality checks right in a pipeline right then your uh, data platform or data lake or lake house will turn into a swamp <laughs> which is unusable so to avoid all this and to also safeguard from uh, the teams from architectural changes this kind of patterns that are coming up and should be I recommend to highly use it yeah uh, and uh, that that takes me to um, a very interesting point which is in a in a consistently changing world how do you see the relationship between uh, business requirements and data engineering so usually we usually face legacies and technical debt yeah. when we have to you know quickly adopt business requirements or we have changes in requirements uh, i usually see it in represented in the relationship between product managers and engineering leaders mm-hmm. how do you see this as a data engineer working side by side with the business yes so for data engineer right uh, to really work with any business stakeholders so that can be product managers subject matter experts uh, so they re- so data engineers need really need to upskill and they need to communicate well and in terms of business language not technical language that becomes very important to really understand uh, the requ- uh, actual requirements from your uh, business stakeholders so a lot of times i see that there is this gap uh, that happens probably they are not on one page they think that you have all the requirements with you and you go ahead and implement and, and then you come to know no this is not what we wanted uh, and all these things occur because uh, is the uh, time you have spent on understanding the data itself the time the process you follow really with the business stakeholders you really need to sit down with them uh, understand ask them questions right the, the, the how you will going to understand any requirements is asking them the follow up questions and uh, and understanding it uh, in and out so this kind of uh, approach will help you to get the at least in a nutshell what you want to do and avoid any issues or uh, reiterating on the same thing again and again uh, though 
not everything can be understood in the first shot things change along the process there is a uh, lot of it you need to go to uh, go, go through some iterations to uh, achieve to an agreeable uh, kind of solution but that conversation those communication skills uh, and actually speaking those that business language becomes important for a data engineer so that's why it's kind of it's not only technical skills but a data engineer should also possess those kind of business skills and yeah. as someone who did have the chance to work in companies of different size like big corporates yes. and startups yeah. and scale ups do you see those qualities of a data engineer are necessary regardless of what type of organization that you're part of yeah. or do you see those changing based on uh, the environment around you so some things uh, can be reapplied across a co- organization because um, uh, when you work for different industries as i worked uh, for maybe real estate there is crypto there's semiconductor so the nature of data changes then definitely uh, the your you need to adopt uh, a different strategy uh, based on what kind of data you are playing with and what's the end goal right what what are you the first question that comes to my mind what i'm doing with this going to do with this data what is my uh, business stakeholder asking uh, uh, from me so that's where in the conversation leads uh, so some of these strategies uh, in terms of technical solutions they might remain the same uh, but in terms of how you handle the data uh, becomes important and that uh, changes and you need to adopt uh, based on where uh, you are working at uh, yep so that and uh, across across your career journey you had the opportunity to work in different regions Uh, you had the opportunity to work in the states and you had the opportunity to see the 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 tech space here in the region how do you see data engineering um as a career is different in the states versus here in the middle east yes so again very interesting question um so i came to dubai in 2019 and what i have seen uh from this last four years right there has been kind of foundational transformation changes uh in the region with respect to the data engineering work so earlier maybe a decade ago or 6 to 7 years back if you think there was huge gap uh i would say in terms of what uh, work or what use cases the uh, companies were solving um and kind of that kind of startups that were coming through right uh, they were not that much right we had very few handful uh, that you can count on your fingertips but in this last 4 years i have seen this shift of of uae towards the tech based economy and that has really opened the doors uh, for a lot of companies to come in uh, here and uh, have their headquarters and set up and very business friendly environment just uh, uh, if we talk about difc where i work right there are so many hundreds of uh new startups that are getting registered like day by day there are many startups getting registered uh, on a daily basis and working on very niche uh, concepts right it can be bnpl uh, it can be uh, payment solutions related like ours we are more on open banking open finance uh, there's so many different companies uh, coming through solving good amount of uh, foundation or transformational uh, use cases so that gap has certainly reduced a lot uh i would say uh, in the last this 4 to 5 years uh and the use cases that we are working on i think they are at par with what would happen in the uh, states 
and even the volumes of data right so there definitely many companies uh, of like uh, maybe facebook meta google uh, they're sitting on piles of data uh, uh, but that the huge volume generation to uh, is what uh, changing here with uh, let be uae ksa right so ksa is also becoming a very prime focus at least in the fintech world and they have a lot of untapped data so once that starts being getting processed and comes to light there is it will unleash a lot of unthinkable uh, kind of use cases and opportunities for the companies so definitely uh, so i would say uh, the gap is reduced a lot and there's a lot more in store which maybe i can't think of right now yeah <laughs> so if, if if you see that there is there is a very big opportunity yeah for data engineering as a career what would be your advice for um uh, students who are seeking a career in data engineering here in the region yes so the very first advice is oh, your mind your mindset should be something that why you want to become a data engineer right so how it is different from software engineering or back end front end other uh, types of roles uh, you whether i've seen that this kind of thing coming through uh, new graduates is uh, they want to get into data world become a data scientist or data engineer or ml engineer uh, just because it's cool it's fancy if you're going to towards that kind of mindset or it pays well right uh, so if you're going towards that right uh, as a person who is just going to start your career you are not going to go to like very lo- uh, it n- it's not going to take you long way if you really want to run kind of a marathon journey then you have to be very uh, you have to stick to your basics and foundations and those are in uh, as any kind of uh, maybe a computer engineer software engineer or any tech field it's your coding or programming skills uh, should be good you need you should be able to write good code uh, then a lot of focus on data structures algorithms then unix based systems distributed systems database systems uh, this is very foundational so this should be very clear respective of whether you want to become a data engineer or not uh, plus then if you are really it's fascinating you it you are and then it's really you are uh, working with the data you likes you and feels that you have it in it to do those r- wrangling activities uh, to uh, the transform the bigger data sets then definitely then taking a step forward getting uh, some knowledge of da- data infrastructure data related tools like airflow there is mage there are, if you talk about amazon is uh, scalable storage s3 there is athena is presto then is superset right uh, catering to different layers uh, of the data platform so they getting some hands on knowledge of it uh, then to, uh, in a today's world a lot of focus is put on full stack data engineer so you shouldn't be only writing pipelines but what about the data infrastructure part you should be also be capable of spinning that infrastructure on cloud environments so things like terraform uh, aws cdk this kind of tool help you so having that kind of a basic knowledge around it then as data engineering the ultimate goal somehow it is towards predictive analytics for many companies so basics of ml's uh, you should be having but again right so it's the step by step process uh, for the very first step is to have your foundations yeah. uh, very clear focus on uh, yes yes <laughs> and uh, what do you see like as the different um, uh, let's say uh, branches 
of career paths under a data engineering umbrella yes so right now yeah there's many again fancy titles that have come up uh, but i would say that uh, primary streams is uh, that i see upcoming uh, apart from data engineering is the analytics engineer so there is again subtle difference uh, for like very large organization a data engineer is someone uh, who would aggregate the data prepare that data and then there is analytics engineer who would focus on little bit of data modeling uh, plus talking to several stakeholders understand the business requirements write those uh, transformation jobs uh, catering to to those business requirements work on the presentation layer like visuals dashboards uh, these are primary two areas then others uh, can be data architects and then uh, ml engineers yeah and uh, <coughs> how how do you see how do you see those roles as of today in the region especially in the startup world um can someone be able to do more than one thing like you know the uh, the word the 10x engineer yeah. so today you have people working as we used to have people working as front end back and today we have full stack engineers today we even have people working in yes. both front end back end and infrastructure yeah. so you know due to the um the the recent changes in the economic scene uh everyone wants to do more with less yes so we came up with this term the 10x engineer how do you see this in data engineering yes so as a, a early stage business it's very important for uh, data engineers to wear multiple hats uh, so it's not only working on probably writing pipelines then it has to be more on data infrastructure side too uh, as i said uh, you should be able to uh if you are uh, if you if you decide to have in house uh, infra <coughs> then spinning up those infra maintaining that uh, plus uh, what that data is used for having that subject matter expertise and catering to business requirements and and when you cater to those business requirements a lot of uh, visual aspect comes into picture let it be dashboards and all so having those basics in place where you can uh, quickly be able to uh, get something in place uh, for your business stakeholders it becomes uh, crucial so bits of pieces of all uh, like data engineer plus data analyst kind of data an- analytics engineer even data architecture right uh, data architect in itself is a b- other stream but you need to have some knowledge around it which is data warehousing data modeling uh, so it, and overall so as you mentioned full stack it's kind of full stack data engineer uh, who is focused on maybe some one he has one good expertise but he uh, can also extend uh, that expertise to other areas if the need arises so it is the need of the time because uh, in any early stage startup they won't be hiring a big team right away uh, yes. <laughs> so that uh, that the skills yeah you be learning so it cannot be i mean it's, it's not that you will have everything yeah. prior to you join any it's, organization it's like having breadth in yes. areas but uh, having de- depth in some areas and yes. having a broader breadth yeah. yeah yeah so learning on job but you have to have that passion yes yeah that's the becomes important <laughs> so uh, giant it was a pleasure having you today that was very insightful and um, it's uh, it has been a very uh, a very rich episode um focused on an area that I'm very passionate about myself 
and um, it was a great pleasure to have you as my guest in the first episode of Tech Majlis. Thank you again for coming, for showing me. Yes, thanks, Alal. It's it's really, as I said, a very honor to be here and to be present towards your very first episode <laughs> of the uh, Tech Majlis. It was really exciting to talk about the different aspects of data engineering and how it applies to AI uh, with things like ChatGPT coming, right? Uh, it has just <laughs> created I mean, that kind of... Uh, people can not just imagine, I mean, they have... Like, okay, how is this just possible, <laughs> right? How the yes. model can be so uh, accurate in yes, terms like of... Talk, yeah, talking to another human being yeah. who's very knowledgeable. Yep. <laughs> Conversational AI, like, it's really become reality. Yes. So, so we can think of what the future lies, right? It's going to just expand. Yes. And the role of data engineers is just going to expand. So, yep. Yep. Pleasure having you today. Thank yes. you for showing up. Yep.